Amen. How many are happy to be in church? Make some noise. Woo! I am wearing my shorts because it's April and we're supposed to be wearing shorts at this time. I don't care if I live in Chicago and it's 40 degrees out. It's April. We're supposed to have sunshine. How many believe with me? By faith, we're going to have a great April. March, ah, not so much. We had an amazing February, though. No complaints about February. Let me just reiterate what my wife was saying about our new service times. While everybody's looking around, just look at your neighbors and see how beautiful the church is. We have been doing the 10 a.m. and 1 p.m. as a way to grow the church for two years, but we did not get anywhere near the split that we needed in the 1 p.m. As you can see, we're already using our overflows, and uh, the second service really only has about 50 or 60 people, so it's not even close. So we went back and looked at our times and said, how can we capture the most amount of people in, in that time frame? And so that's why we're going with that 9 and 11. So Easter will be our last time at 10 and 1. And I want you to please invite all your friends for Easter. During the Easter season, people are the most likely to go to church at any other time in the year. All you have to do is just take that flyer, invite them to come. They will not be disappointed. We're going to do those free photo portraits right there on our newly painted painted shed. It, I mean, not the shed. That'd be awesome if you did it on the shed, like, like on the roof. No, the porch, the newly painted porch with the cross behind. It's going to be amazing. And so bring your friends. We're going to have some singing and, and some productions there. But then that next week, April 23rd, 9 and 11. And here's the deal. I'm going to be preaching shorter messages. Everybody go, I know you're going to miss my hour-long messages. But I'm going now to 35 minutes. And if you came last week, you noticed I dropped it on it, dropped it on it like it was hot because I wanted to surprise you guys. Even some of our elders were standing up going, dude, that's just supposed to be the introduction. And even today and next week, I'll be doing it. Easter, we're going to have a good production. It's going to be a great time. I won't be preaching long, but there'll be a lot of singing and things going on. But here's the dealy deal. I want you all to check me out on this. That 9 and 11 is going to help us reach the next goal of 300 people. We have over 150 people in our first service. That's easy. But with those 50 or 60 in the second service, we need some of you to go to that 11 and start splitting so that we can make more room for our guests here in the first service and equal out to about 150 in both services. Can somebody say, "Badow"? Come on, badow. We want it to be awesome. Now listen, if you come to that 11, this is my promise to you, you'll be done at 11.30. At 11.30, we're going to be standing up and dismissing, I mean 12.30. That would be awesome again, a half-hour service. We can do miracles, but that ain't going to happen here. Okay. I'm sorry, 12.30, 12.30. So you are not going to go past one. It is not going to be a longer service. I'm going to hold myself during that second service to the same time frame of the first. That's my commitment to you, okay? So I need many of you to want that 11 o'clock service to go from 11 to 12.30. I need many of you. Otherwise, we'll be in the same situation we're in now, and then this place is going to get packed out. The parking's going to be crazy. You're going to be standing alongside of the walls. You'll see what it's like for Easter. It's going to be really packed and fun. But we don't want it like that every week. We want some of you to come 9 and some of you 11. So I've split our workers down the middle. It's going to be awesome. Can I hear an amen? 
All right, thank you. And then if you've noticed, we had our Royal Ranger guys walking around today. This is basically our program for young men, and I want to encourage you. It's awesome for ladies as well, and they'll hopefully be showing off some of their stuff here. But these young men are between the uh, ages of elementary school, basically up to sixth grade, and the fathers and the young adults are helping them. And so they served us communion today. They are doing the ushering and the greeting. And so if you know anybody in that elementary age that you want as a young boy to do Boy Scouts for Jesus, this is the place. Can I get another amen? Amen. Open up your Bibles with me to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. So good to see you here. Today we are going to talk about praising God. How many like to praise God? Amen. This is our sermon series on the book of Ephesians for this year. If you're new with us, not a better time to have joined than today. Today's an awesome message to get caught up in our series. The book of Ephesians was written by Paul to the people in Ephesus, and we're going verse by verse, and all of the concepts tie back into being in Jesus, to being a, a, in union with the Lord. And today's passage is a first-time reading passage, so we haven't read it yet, and then you will be seeing all the messages we'll be getting out of it. So go to Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3. We're going to read all the way to verse 14. Follow along on the screen or on your phone or with the app. And I want you to see all of the run-on sentences that Paul stacks on here after he says, praise God. And I want you to see if you can count how many things Paul praises God for. And then I'll tell you how many I came up with. Today's message, praise God. Can somebody say praise God? Amen. You know what it means in Hebrew? Hallelujah. Everybody say hallelujah. Amen. That's Hebrew for praise the Lord. Here we go. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he has chosen us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. To the praise of his glorious grace which he has given us in the one he loves. In him, somebody say in him. Notice the concept there. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. Is God's grace broke? No, he's got some riches, amen? The riches of God's grace, verse 8, that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. He made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times reached their fulfillment to bring unity to all things. How many things? Thank you, all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. I hope I haven't lost some of you yet. I told you there's some run-on sentences here. Paul is dropping it like it's hot. He's excited about praising the Father. Have you counted out some of these things he's praising God the Father for? Verse 11, in him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. Somebody say, God's got a purpose for me. 
Everything is working towards the purpose of his will. Verse 12, in order that we, who were the first to put our hope in Christ, might be for the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, how many of you believed in Jesus here today? Okay, when you believe the message of truth, you were marked in him with a seal. And the understanding there is a, is a, a signet ring going into wax like you would put on a letter or at the end of a document. The Holy Spirit seals us in our spirit with the promised Holy Spirit. Verse 14, the last verse, you've made it, come on, who is a deposit. Not only is he a seal, but he's a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. Give it up for Jesus. Come on. This is amazing. This is amazing. You just read one of the most powerful passages of the Bible. Now, for most of us as Western thinkers in the 21st century, we got lost within verse 1 or 2. We're not used to a document that runs on as this one does. Our textbooks, our newspapers put periods in a lot easier places to follow and track with than Paul did here. What Paul is doing is he's basically teaching and a scribe is writing. And so this is very oral in its tradition to us, not meant to be like a newspaper. This is literally like Paul preaching to them and him saying to the scribe, or if he's writing it in his own hand, he's saying, make sure we get all this. Make sure we get all this. I want them to know everything that I'm praising God for. And so that's why I encourage you during this sermon series to take your time every week and read entirely through the book of Ephesians. On a one-hour trip to do my cardio yesterday, I got up at 7.30, and I do two hours of cardio almost every day, a 15-mile bike ride one direction, then 15 miles back, and I got a little scar right here to show when I fell down. You see that, dude? That's when I fell down, going about 20 miles an hour and skid out. It's pretty cool, though, now. It's like healed. It's a little scar. But anyways, got to keep their attention, too. So, So watch. The first journey there, 15 miles, that's an hour. I had on my audio Bible with Streetlights, a Chicago-based ministry that puts the books of the Bible over hip-hop. It is amazing. Guess how many times I listened to the entire book of Ephesians just on half of my cardio, one hour of cardio. You think I did it just one time? No, you think I did it just twice? No, three times. I listened to the entire book. Why? Because it's only about 20 minutes, y'all. 20 minutes. So you may say, Pastor, I don't have time to do no one-hour, two-hour cardio. Do you do 20 minutes of cardio? Come on. You got to get outside and exercise. Put on your headphones. Download the Street Lights app. Go to iTunes, and you can get the classic, like, in the book of Ephesians, you also were included in Christ. You know, you can go to that old school, but I got the hip-hop. I'm, like, pedaling my little bike. I'm having fun. So here's the deal. I will listen to it over and over again, read it. And in reading, it takes a, a little bit longer because I take my time. I could read, speed read faster because it's, you know, skim over it. But maybe about a half hour for one time through. But here's the deal. I've studied this over and over and over again. And do you know how many things I found that Paul was thankful for? How many did you find? Let's start. Did you find five things? 
10 things. More than 10. You know how many I found? I found 14 things Paul was thankful for. That's what I want to talk to you today about, the 14 things that Paul is thankful for. And then guess what? Each one of these things are now going to become a message unto themselves. These are the next 14 messages as we now go verse by verse through this praise God passage of Ephesians. That shows you how long it's going to take to adequately go through the book of Ephesians. When we started in 2017, I said, maybe we'll do it in six months. Then I preached five messages just on verse one. I said, maybe it's going to take a year. After we got to verse two and preached eight messages on verse two, Literally, we've just left verse 2. Now we're in verse 3. And then I found 14 messages in 14 verses. I'm going to be honest with you guys. We're going to be in Ephesians till Jesus comes back. This is going to be the last book of the Bible you're going to study in this church until the rapture, the trumpets sound, the enforcement of the apocalypse. And here's the good thing about it. If you just spent one time a week, 20 minutes with Ephesians, guess what? You can read whatever else you want the other six days a week, amen? Because you at least spend 20 minutes a day with Jesus, don't you? Don't you at least spend 20 minutes a day with Jesus? So give one of those days to the book of Ephesians, 20 minutes, do your homework for church, and then you've got all those other six days of the week to listen to Colossians, read the book of Psalms, go through the entire Bible if you want, do a Bible reading plan on our daily devotionals that we put out. We got the one-year Bible reading plan, a little bit of the Old Testament, a little bit of the New Testament. Here are the 14 things that I found as I studied this passage intently that Paul is thankful for. Let me go over them quickly, and then we'll spend a little bit of time on each one. Number one, he said that he was thankful that he was blessed with every spiritual blessing. He was thankful that he was chosen to be holy and blameless. And notice how he does it. He says, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing. He has chosen you. And then Paul, as a good preacher, makes it applicable to them. But obviously, whatever applies to them applies to himself. He's thankful that he's blessed with every spiritual blessing, chosen to be holy and blameless. And these messages are going to be amazing messages to go through. And I just lost my place here. Give me a moment. But as each one of these verses open up to us the the depths of Paul's wisdom into these things, we need to make sure that we don't just gloss over them. That's why I had a choice. I could preach them all right now, or I could take my time each week and say, you know what? I want us to give one a week. Now let's keep going as I go back to this. Blessed with every spiritual blessing. Chosen to be holy and blameless. The next thing that he was thankful for was adoption to sonship. How many are thankful for that? He was thankful for the glorious grace of Jesus Christ. No other religion offers the grace as Jesus does. Redemption and forgiveness, lavished with wisdom and understanding, knowing God's mysterious will. How many want to know God's mysterious will? This is a mystery that can be solved. How many of you get into those things like CSI, these different things? Why does your brain like that? Because your brain likes to be engaged in something that you have to figure it out. And the God of the Bible made it such as well. The Bible says that 
kings who desire to search out wisdom will desire to find the mysteries of the Bible to be true. So think about that. Back in the day, kings were supposed to be smart, especially the biblical kings like David and Solomon. Solomon was said to be the wisest man of the earth. And the Bible says that God hides those mysteries in the Bible so that kings will search them out. So if you want to have the level of a king, search out those things of the Bible. His mysterious will is not just to be like, ooh, it's so mysterious, we can't understand. It's supposed to be like, oh, it's a mystery, let's go figure it out. Ooh, did y'all know that? Every mysterion, I got to pause right there. Every mysterion in the Greek is the word mystery is meant to be solved in the Bible. That's a whole nother subject. United with Christ. He is happy for his union with Jesus. Number nine, he is happy for God's plan. How many of you are happy for God's plan? Now, sometimes there's evil in the plan of God that he works for his good. We're not thankful for the evil, but we're thankful that no matter what evil we face, God can work it for our good. And if I have time, I'll explain to you why there's been evil on this earth. Number 10, he praises God because he's made to give God glory. He was actually happy that he was made to give God glory. Now, I know this angers some people because they think to themselves, like, oh, you know, why did God make me? And, you know, he, he just wants me to say I love him. He must be so insecure. And, and then he's jealous of me if I don't do things his way. That's actually what Oprah Winfrey said. She says, I don't like the God of the Bible. He seems petty because he gets jealous. No, the Bible says God is a jealous God because he doesn't want you to go to hell. He doesn't want you to waste your life, the life that he's given you. Our jealousy is, is based off of our emotions and desiring things out of our selfishness. God's jealousy is based off the fact that if you love anything more than him, you're wasting your love. And Paul said, I'm happy to be made for God's glory. I don't feel like a pawn in his chess game. I feel like I'm the apex of his creation made in his image. The gospel. How many are thankful for the gospel? Paul said that he was thankful that the gospel had come to him and was going around the world. The hope of the world is found in the gospel. That's the message of Easter, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. I go to the college campuses all the time, uh, the, the college campus of Wright College, rather, all the time, and there's a lot of, like, you know, pseudoscience and things that they'll see right now around the time of Easter, like Da Vinci Code stuff, and they can get so confused as college students because they want to be so smart but I always bring them back to the simplicity of the gospel. The gospel has been proven over and over and over to be true in every generation. As a matter of fact, there was one man once that lived in the 1800s. He said, Christianity will die out in my generation because we're figuring so many things out. He died, and they put a Bible printing press in his house and spread the gospel throughout the world. Listen to me. You will never find anything more true than the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's the foundation of all things. And we can talk about that a little bit later if we have time. The next thing he said he was happy about being marked and sealed in the Holy Spirit. And that's when you guys got happy. Remember when you all clapped and got excited? That's because the Holy Spirit is literally a mark inside of you, transforming your character to mold to the character of Christ. And he's also a guarantee of all the good that is to come. So when I sense right now peace in my heart, that's a guarantee that there is eternal peace to come. When I feel joy in the presence of God when I worship, that's a guarantee there's joy everlasting to come. When I feel brotherly love and sisterly love in this church by the Holy Spirit, that's a guarantee that there's going to be a perfect world upon this earth, the kingdom of God, where we always get along. 
and love each other and do unto others as we ought to. Can I get an amen? Oh, he also was happy for his guaranteed inheritance. He knew that there was an inheritance for us that believe. I think so often we, we look at the Christian life as just a, a, a sacrifice, something that we're suffering to do. Like, man, I'm, I'm at church today. It's a nice day. My friends are going to play softball at the park or when it becomes summer out. It's like, I'm going to church, but I could be at the lake, etc. But Paul understood that his trade here was not just a get-out-of-jail-free card. It wasn't only he wasn't going to hell. He knew that everything he was investing into the kingdom was going to result in an inheritance for everlasting life. See, do you see that? Do you see that there's an inheritance for you? Or do you want to squander the little bit that you have like the prodigal son? You see, the prodigal son had an inheritance, squandered it. But then he realized it wasn't all that he thought it was after he wasted it all. And he came back to his father because the father has the greater inheritance. You've been given 80 years. Don't squander your 80 years and trade it for eternity. Can I get an amen? And then lastly, he was thankful that he was God's possession, that he belonged to God, not as a pet. God already had uh, creatures that were made not like pets, but somewhat less than what we are, like angels or animals. But it's on the last day of creation, God makes us, and what does he say? Let us make man in our image. And we learned about that triune image last week, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the family of God making the family of mankind, father, mother, and children. How many are happy you belong to God today? How many are happy life is not just about you, but it's about the glory of God today? Amen. So that's what I found there. Let's just go through them a little bit and see the verses and get ready for the next 14 weeks of learning these passages with all that God has to give us because they were important enough to come to us through the Holy Spirit. Blessed with every spiritual blessing. Listen to this passage and ask yourself, do I believe this? Who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ? Do you believe I'm blessed today with every spiritual blessing? Do you believe you're blessed with every spiritual blessing? Do you know why I need to take another week on this verse? Because I have to unpack this because many of us don't understand this. When you were saved, you were not just changed on the inside. You were transferred from kingdoms. You were taken out of the kingdom of darkness, brought into the kingdom of light. And next week, because that's the next message coming here, I want to share with you how you are a spiritual being occupying a physical body, yet you are in heavenly realms with Jesus right now. I want to spend time to share with you what now particle physicists are just beginning to understand about the fundamental nature of reality is that spiritual things precede natural things. And so you came from the breath of God, which was heavenly. And when we sinned, we only were limited to the earthly things and what we could, we could dig out for ourselves in an earth of clay and what we could save up for ourselves with our golden treasures. But the Bible says when you became born again, your spiritual nature was transferred from just the lowly earthly realm but brought into the heavenly realm. And in the heavenly realm, every blessing of Christ is made available for you. 
Now, some of you may put that on the same level of watching um, the Power Rangers or watching Thor or Marvel comics, but this is more real than the gold you see in a jewelry store today. I have every blessing in my spirit right now, and I am in heavenly realms with Jesus. And one day when that gold melts and everything you know evaporates, this will remain the greatest treasure of all, our union with Jesus Christ. Come back next week and hear that bad boy. Amen? Paul said that he was chosen and that you were chosen to be holy and what? Blameless. Why is it everybody walks around in this earth today saying nobody is perfect, we all make mistakes? I understand that to an extent like we can't expect each other to never make a mistake, and certainly without Christ, we all are sinners, but this is not the plan of God. We were made perfect, and we're supposed to come back into perfection. Perfection is supposed to be your default mode. And that's why he says, for he chose us in Christ. Somebody say, in him. Thank you. Before the foundation of the world. So before we ever messed it up, before Adam and Eve ever had a problem, he was the problem solver. That in Christ, before the foundation of the world, we may be holy and unblemished, blameless in his sight, in love. So you may see me in all my former mistakes, but all he sees in me is himself, holy and unblemished by his love. And you may look at yourself in the mirror and remember all of your past failures and mistakes, but you need to stop looking at yourself through your own eyes and look at yourself through the eyes of Christ and say, I am who he said I am. I can do what he said I can do because I am in Jesus today. I am holy, unblemished, and blameless. And now if I do sin, if I do come out of my default pattern, I can repent. Just like right now, these little loafers don't have a pebble in them. But if I start walking around today, just the smallest pebble becomes an annoyance. How many know what I'm talking about? And you know that you got to get that out. And that's the same understanding of what sin becomes like in in the Christian's life. For the sinner, they're walking barefoot on the rocks all the time, not caring what happens. But the Christian now has on the protection of God. And if they have ever a sin, it is to them a painful experience, something they don't want. And they get rid of quickly so that they can walk the walk of God. Can I hear an amen? Amen. He says he leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Get the pebbles out your shoes. Be holy and blameless in God's sight. Amen. As he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. I don't even have time today to break down what I'm going to bring on this message. But we need to be thankful for it right now today. Even if you can't capture all the understanding, just hear this today. You were in the orphanage of Satan because of your sin. You were, in every story you ever see, that mistreated orphan. You were that person. And Jesus came and bought you with a price, bought you with his own life, so that he could bring you home to be a prince or a princess, the son or daughter of a king. And we need to understand what it now means to be adopted, that we are no longer bastard children of the devil, but we have a father 
Father in heaven who cares about us and who loves us. And we have the honor and the privilege to say, Our Father, my Father in heaven. Woo! Hallowed be your name. You're my Father. You're my shepherd. Praise the Lord. And I think about the love that I have seen even in this church. We have a tremendous ministry for single moms and those who have had rough backgrounds. And when I see oftentimes these single moms trade their purity for some joker that just takes them out to McDonald's one time, it grieves my heart. But nothing blesses me more than when I see a single mom stand in the purity and righteousness of Jesus, wait for that right person to come along. And then God send that single mom, a man of God, who says, I will take you into my house. I will take your children as my own. We will become a happy family. It doesn't matter what Flacco did. I'm here now. Nothing blesses me more than when I see adoption. And I want to tell you, all of us have been adopted. Every single one of us. We are thankful for the glorious grace of Jesus to the praise of his glorious grace which he freely given us in the one he loves. Do you know that grace comes freely? You don't earn it by going to church, talking to Father Tom, praying five times towards a pagan temple in Saudi Arabia. You don't earn it by reading your Bible and praying more. Grace is freely given by Jesus Christ. That's how I was saved at 18 years old. That's how every person is saved, not because they're so religious, but because they so freely receive the grace that's been freely given. The next thing Paul said is he said, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. Yes, grace is free, but it costs Jesus his blood. That's what Good Friday's about, isn't it? Are you thankful as you took communion today, representative of the blood and body of Jesus, remembering the cross, remembering that it was your sin that brought Jesus there? We sinned against an eternal God, therefore we deserved an eternal punishment. But the eternal Son took on our sins so that we could have eternal life. In other words, he died the death I deserved so that I could have the life that he earned. He purchased for us redemption. How? By his blood. If somebody right now purchased for you a house and gave it to you, you would be appreciative. But if somebody in your family died so that you could have that house, maybe they were working in a coal mine so that they could pay off the, the mortgage and they died, there would even be a greater sense of appreciation. Somebody died that I could have this. Or you think about soldiers and those civil servants, police officers, fire fighters who die so that another can live. Now imagine that a hundredfold. The God of heaven and earth took on flesh, not to walk around as a pompous earthly king, but to be born in a manger so he could die a miserable criminal's death, which he didn't deserve, so that you could have forgiveness. It's free, but it cost Jesus his blood. He lavished us with wisdom and understanding, the Bible says. Then in verse 7, it says that he made known to us, look at this, the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ. Make sure you come for that message. Can I hear an amen? 
unified in Christ. We see that our blessings are in him, in union. I'm not far away from God, and God is not far away from me. I don't need to go to the Himalayan mountains and go take a spiritual treasure chest quest looking for the, uh, the lost treasure of Tibet and find a monk or some, some leader there. No, all I have to do is recognize that when I believe Jesus is in me. Can I hear an amen? The God's plan that he's given us is amazing, made for his glory. The gospel marked and sealed in him, his glorious inheritance that he's promised for us, and his possession. Somebody say, I belong to God. Now, I want to end with this here. Look at Ephesians 5, 19. How do we praise God for all of these things that we'll be learning about these next few weeks? How do we praise him? Speaking to one another with hymns, psalms, and songs from the Spirit. So we're going to sing our praises to God. Somebody say, sing. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. Now watch this. Always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Two things that I'm going to do over the next 14 weeks to teach you how to praise God. And by the way, there's a great church I know about on diversity that has praise in its name that these folks write their own praise songs. Do you know an awesome church on diversity that wants to praise God in the city and in the nations? What's the name of that church? Metro Praise International. Come on. That's what we're going to learn about. Can I call the band up here, please? Vinny and the band, come, because we're going to end with praise. So I went on Facebook this weekend, and I said, I'm going to be talking about praising God, but I can't be the only one praising him. I need some help from some of you here on Facebook. Gentlemen, would you also remove this pulpit for me because I need some space. Thank you. I said I want y'all to put up here your testimonies. Thank you, brother, of things you praise God for. It's on my Facebook right now. People started putting up all these amazing testimonies. I don't even have time to read them all. But it's because, listen, everybody follow me here. It's because of those 14 deep, theological, rich, weighty things that we get all of these blessings in our everyday life. Because they're a part of every spiritual blessing that we have in Christ in heavenly realms. We receive these blessings in our family because we've been adopted and our Father cares about us. We receive the favor and the blessing of God because of the gospel. Are you listening to me? So it's really important to not just seek God's hand and say, my name's Jimmy and I'll take all you can give me, but seek his face. Over these next few months, to seek his face and see the beauty of the glory of God, to see the beauty of the Father adopting us through Jesus. Can I get an amen? Here's what Lydia wrote. Lydia said, I praise God for continuing to remove all thoughts of suicide, loneliness, anxiety, anger, and resentment from my life that has plagued me before I knew him. I praise him for loving me, knowing me, and caring about what happens to me. Lydia's understanding the plan of God here. Come on, somebody. I praise him for guiding me to a church home where I have found peace, love, examples to follow, and most importantly, Jesus. Why does Lydia have a testimony? 
because she's in Jesus today. Catherine said, listen to what Catherine said, I praise God for every difficult situation in my life. And if you only knew some of the things she's been through, because through it all I've seen and felt his grace, love, and presence. She's saying I thank God even for the hard times because I see his love in those times. Her husband Daryl said, I praise God for performing a healing miracle. We believe in miracles, don't we? But why? Because we've been blessed with every spiritual blessing. I praise God for every healing mir- uh, for the healing miracle at MPI that my daughter received. She was healed, listen, from an ear infection and hasn't gotten one since. I praise God for my wife who does so much for our family, for knowledge and wisdom, for memory and forgiveness. I praise him for his faithfulness, for my job, for my beautiful daughters, and for my church family. Listen to one more before we close out. Curtis said this, I praise God for his love and for being willing to save people, including me. See, glorious grace, and we learn about that today. He's thankful for the glorious grace of God, which is richly and freely given to us. He said, I'm so thankful to God for his grace, which was willing to save me, for the Holy Spirit leading my life, for my beautiful father, a single dad here, that he blessed me with, my family, church, and the Discovery Rangers, which are the Royal Rangers, my ministry I serve in. Would you stand up with me right now and give Jesus a hand clap of praise? Come on. I'm going to ask that the altar workers would come and we would get into an attitude of prayer right now and we would each think of three things that we're thankful to God for. Right now in an attitude of prayer, think of three things you are thankful to God for. That if I was to ask you to say on this microphone today, tell me three things that you're thankful for and start off with praise God, what would you say? Because I want you to say those things to him even right now. Come on, tell him right now. Praise God for my family. God, I praise you for my children. One of the brothers wrote, I praise God for my country and the freedom that I have here in the United States. Come on, some people testify and they said, I praise God that my hurts have been healed. Now, as we're praising God in our own personal prayer right now, there are some of you that may not have a relationship with Jesus. How you do that right now is you come to Jesus and ask him to be the Lord of your life. Ask him to forgive you of your sins and just simply say, Jesus, I want you in my life today. Now, the rest of us, come on, let's keep thanking him. If you went past three, that's okay. I praise you, God for every spiritual blessing in heavenly realms. I praise you, God, for my adoption to sonship and to your family. I praise you, God, for this church. In the name of Jesus, we won't leave out of here unless we've praised him a few times. Come on. No hurry, just you and the Lord. We're going to end out singing today, Jesus be the center of my life. But before we do, this is not a library. It's a prayer meeting. Open your mouth. Don't worry about your neighbor and tell them those things that you're thankful for right now. We're grateful, Jesus. We're not selfish, nor are we spoiled. We are full of gratitude. 
I double dog dare some of you to say you're thankful for the things Catherine said she was thankful for. God, I thank you even for the hurt that I've experienced. I thank you for even the pain that I've gone through, through people hurting me, letting me down. Because, God, I got to see through that the lesson. Man, bad, God, good. I learned it. I won't be deceived. Come on, somebody. You need to see your life that way. Some of the people who have suffered the most, you can learn the greatest lesson of all mankind. Don't put your hope in man. Put your hope in God. A few more moments. Those of you today going through tough times, you may not feel like thanking him. Thank him because it's going to work for your good. Thank him because don't matter what you see now, God is behind the scenes doing things that you know if you knew you would be thankful for. A few more moments. We may not see everything God does, but I can understand why he does it. He does it for our good. That's what the Bible says. I trust the will of God today. A few more moments. Do you trust God's will? I just, come on, I feel some of you need to even put up your hands as a sign of surrender. It's a Holy Ghost stick up and say, I thank you, Lord, for the will that you have in my life. I thank you for your purpose and your plan. Jesus, Jesus, every battle that I fought, Lord, you fought with me. You, you, you've never left me. You've never forsaken me. Every time, God, I've been through something, you've showed me more grace, more love, and I thank you. Let's get the words up today, please. Jesus, be the center. Just a few more moments. I don't want to rush this. This is important. How we look towards God as our Father will affect every other part of our life. If you're bitter towards God, angry towards God because of what you've been through in life, you are falling for the trick of the devil. He's like a bully slapping you upside the head, running around, and then pointing to your best friend saying, your best friend did it. I didn't do it. Don't be bitter towards God because of what the devil's done in this world. We'll get into those things about evil in the world and things like that, but trust him now that he's good. Trust him now that every good and perfect gift comes from him. Trust him now that he'll never leave or forsake you. We're going to sing this in closing. Jesus, come on. Jesus, sing it with a grateful heart, saints. I'm singing it with you today. And Jesus, be the center of it all. From beginning to the end. From beginning to the end. It will always be. It will always be. It's always been you. Just a few more times. Jesus at the center of it all. Sing it out, saints, today. Jesus at the center of the earth. We're centering our lives around him today. Jesus at the center of it all. It will always be from beginning to the from end. Beginning to Nothing's going to change end. that, God. It will always be. It's always been you. Jesus. Amen. Would you look up at me before we go? Some are already receiving prayer. If you need prayer for anything, come and see these brothers and sisters. But let me just have you look at me real quick. Come on. God has been good to you. 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 We've got a reason to praise him. you got a reason to praise God. And I know for many of us, 
As guys, we don't connect this very well. But think about when the Cubs won, how excited you were. If you got a hint of God's grace, you would get that excited. Those of you who watch 300 or Saving Private Ryan or watch Liberation through war and you watch how excited they get when they welcome the soldiers back home, we would get that excited if we understood how bad the devil wanted to bring you to hell and how much Jesus sets you free. And ladies, today I know some of you, you guard your heart because you've been let down by men, and the Bible says he's a husband. You've been let down by your father, and the Bible says he's a father. And a lot of women guard their heart because they've been let down by men, and when they hear husband and father in the Bible, they project onto God all of the bad husbands, all the bad men, all the bad fathers. But I want to tell you something today. God is a good father. God is a good and faithful husband, and you need to be willing to trust him and open up your heart again because there is nobody like our God. He will never let you down. So we're going to close out in prayer. I see many with tears in their eyes. Don't leave until you've gotten it all out today. Father, we thank you for this great service. We love you. We're honored to give you praise. Bless us as we go in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Give it up for Jesus one more time. Thank you for coming. Slap your neighbor high five and say, praise him. You are dismissed. We'll see you at life groups. If you need prayer, come on up. Otherwise, worship with us in the after party. Have a blessed week. We'll see you at life groups. my heart to the heaven, Jesus be the center. It's all about you. Yes, it's all about you.